0: what to do when you've been wearing a mask for most of your life. It's episode 74 with Lucas Mack on No Boring Stories. Let's get into it. Welcome to the No Boring Stories podcast. You know that you can use storytelling to captivate your audience, clarify your message, and grow your business and impact like never before. That's why I'm here. Each episode bringing you transformative stories, expert storytellers, and my signature storytelling tools all to help you tell a better story. Because there's no such thing as boring stories, just boring storytellers. I'm your host, Alex Street, and I'm not sure that I've said this before in an intro that I have a master's in theological studies. Oh, baby, I'm a master. Today on the show, we've got a master of many things. It is Lucas Mack. Lucas uh, has been all kinds of things. A TV reporter, a keynote speaker, a TEDx speaker, an author, a podcast host. He's showing up now as a creative director and management consultant by day and a men's vulnerability coach by day night. Lucas is here to share his story, but even before we get into that, we open up about how important it is for humanity to get along, to break down barriers, and and the perspective that we share, it's a quick bond. Um, You'll see just how alike we are in our thinking, and I think most of all, you will be inspired by the way that Lucas describes the kind of world that he hopes that we live in. The desire for love the the movement away from shame and everything and how that's connected to his story is so intricately and detailed and captivatingly told by him here is captivatingly a word well let's go with it look you're gonna love this conversation if you feel like you are stuck trapped by an old story that you've been living in. If you feel like you're putting on a mask, you're gonna be inspired by this and it's going to lead to change. I do wanna make sure that I give a trigger warning here as Lucas's story involves verbal, physical, and sexual abuse as a child. And as we get later in the conversation, some of the details around that do get quite explicit. So let's get right into it. Here's my conversation with Lucas Mack. Lucas,
1: how are you doing today? I'm doing great, brother. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. I'm honored to be a guest on this. And, and uh, yeah, excited to connect and create something beautiful. Yes, that's it. I think that's it. We just get to show up. This is what's so fun about this,
0: right? I mean, you know, you're in front of audiences, you're using your voice, you're sharing your message all the time. We'll get into why and exactly how that shows up and how that happens for you. But, um, but that's what it's about there. Just as you say, we get to create something here. that's the most fun of this It's like we don't know where this is going to go let's just pull out the paintbrushes and start
1: throwing something on a canvas together it is so it is so cool like you know i was sharing that i host a podcast too and just being able to get i some of the people that i've become closest to or people that i've met on the podcast and just because there is that vulnerability you get to hear the and you can tell when someone's not you know when they're in ego telling the Mm -hmm. story versus like just that vulnerable space of being who they are and and uh it's been really fun so i'm i'm excited to be on with you uh
0: well okay so let's let's just play in that a little bit here let's just start there so yeah you have a podcast uh tell it tell us about that a little bit and then i just want to i want to ask some like you know behind the scenes questions of like just exactly what you're touching on there of like the guests and what those conversations look like. I really want to get into it is the, the selfishness of being a podcast host and what we get to experience through this and maybe what you have heard, some cool things that you have heard through that. But uh, yeah, tell us, what is that? What, you know, what are it's, you hosting? Uh,
1: the podcast is called The Golden Rule Revolution. And originally, their first tagline was, um, where inspiration and purpose come from treating people like people and nothing less. Huh. Not a label, not a title, not a uh, digit, not some marker that is on a spreadsheet somewhere, but a full-fledged human being with a mind, body, soul, spirit, and heart that seeks to be engaged and seeks to be known and loved and heard and affirmed. And it's chronicled really my own journey of healing All right. from massive, massive trauma. Massive trauma, and so now I say on the podcast, it's me sharing my journey of healing, so you don't feel alone on your yeah. journey. So we're all in this together, and uh, but well, I think that's the- it,
0: right? That's that's you get to show up, and you get yeah. to share this, and people find themselves in that's everything that this podcast is, Luke yeah. is. Can I call you Luke? I don't know. I didn't even ask call you that me. before. Call what is what it? Lucas, want, Luke, L-Dog. Here we go. <laughs> no, that one's off the table. Um, no, that's that, uh, that's it, is, is As we, we share our stories so that others can find themselves in it. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, and then see themselves as, I mean, I guess for you it would be then to see themselves as a human. They feel treated like a human because they're finding themselves in your story if you're yeah. in that as well. Yeah. So what what to come to this selfishness of being a podcast host uh you find so you said you find some of your your you know close friends through yeah. that because it's a space of vulnerability um what what do you look for or what do you kind of what do you find that you've connected with most with mm-hmm. people on the show that you're like wow there's something special like that just broke through something they just did you mentioned vulnerability or like yeah. speaking an ego uh yeah what kind of stands out to you um as being like wow this is a really cool experience i'm so glad that i get to do this because this person just gave me
1: this gift well for me it's been and you know eventually i will sh- we'll share my story but to get yeah, comments, yeah, we'll get like, in there why, I know. just keep teasing like, it it's good <laughs> yeah we'll tease it out but like why it matters to me like what stands out and why um I grew up in a really dogmatic, fundamental religious home with a um, Irish Catholic Jesuit father and a who married a evangelical Jewish mm-hmm. woman.
0: I've heard this and joke I, before. Yeah,
1: bro, it's <laughs> been a joke that I've been living my whole life. Only the joke was on me. Uh, hey,
0: okay, and I was
1: also the punchline. Um, all right, so uh, yeah, so growing up in just confusion of religion and and you know religion brings with it this is the way this is the answer this is you know put a period after it no question mark no comma and so to answer your question of what i connect with with people and built some really beautiful relationships are people Mm -hmm. that are seeking beyond the period beyond uh the bookend that there's more to this story there's more to our existence there's more Oh, to finding out why we are the way we are what imprints did were we were placed upon us that we yeah. keep ignoring is just the way things are or the way we're supposed to be so i connect with a lot of people that are you know we talk i talk about everything spirituality yeah. politics religion i mean literally everything just exploring with people so at the end of the day I'm not looking for consensus and agreement. I really could care less if we agree. In fact, no one agrees with another person infinitely precise because if we mapped out all our beliefs, even if we said, oh, you know, I'm a conservative, I'm a liberal, I'm a blah, blah, blah. If we mapped it out, no one believes the same thing. Yeah, We just kind of ignore and like, oh, I'm in this camp and you're in this camp. So we don't really believe the same things, but we feel safe when we think we do. And I'm saying we don't need agreement and consensus to love one another, to be in relationship with one another. A rainbow is beautiful because of the colors that arc together in in this beautiful journey, not because it's one color. Oh, there's yeah. the red in the sky. Who cares? Yeah, the rainbow yeah. is like, man, look at this, this prism. And I yeah, think that's yeah. what humanity gets to remember again. So anyway, I'm always
0: bro. there's a couple things coming up there. I'm always amazed when I, you know, you see the sunset. I draw attention mostly. I'm like when it's not like the you know reflecting off the clouds or whatever it's when you just see that 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 gradient go from like orange up to like dark blue and black yes. on the other side I'm like how how do all those colors just so <laughs> flawlessly merge together and i think that's yeah. even this representation as well of what you're saying like even in rainbow there's this division between the things and what we're talking yes. about is this like almost like fluid like connection of like I, there was a, actually so i used to be a youth pastor and and in that
1: oh bro then space. we can, can I, be a real, I used to be a pastor ran my own ministry so we can really jump into some stuff then man. oh you gosh
0: we might okay we oh. this oh. is already gonna be a part two and part oh. three oh. Um, and uh i was just thinking about this today like i was like where did this come from it's something that i said in one of my, my very first sermons that I said, like on the big stage, um, uh, and I just, I could not stand it. You know, you talk about the period at the end or the the division that's in place, the walls that we put up and we say that there's no walls. It's, it's all inclusive, but you know, if you're in the club. So um, for me, there was always, or this, this statement that came to mind that I think really shows up here is it's not about us uh, against them. It's not about even us and them, which sounds inclusive, but it's still creating a them. It's just about us. Like this is humanity. We are in this. So so why divide? Why separate? And I know where this goes, and we can talk about this with all of our our privilege and where we sit right here as as a, a couple of white men who who live in in the societies we're in, but I think that this message is exactly what we need. And so I'm just, I'm cheering you on. and I love that what you're saying is to find that what you find most fascinating in the conversations that you're having is Mm -hmm. when you see that somebody, you said they see beyond the dot, they see beyond the pyramid. They're just asking,
1: they are saying
0: like, is there something, is there something bigger than this?
1: Well, it's, it's I'm. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go for, to a place because I think you opened the door for it that might be uncomfortable, may, maybe not, but I was thinking this past weekend and I was talking to a friend who is part of um leading the DEIB um efforts at a big company, nationwide company. And I said, you know, I was thinking about and DEIB is diversity, equity, inclusion. I don't even know what the B stands for, quite B. frankly. And B, <laughs> just B. Bureau. Bureau. yeah, Bureau. Like it might Bureau. be Bureau. Like, what does B stand for? Um, but I was thinking, you know how ironic is it in a day and age where the champion of civil rights said it's not the color of skin, it's the content of character, yet we keep coming back to the color of skin like that's uh-huh. something. Like, uh-huh. at the end of the day, look, what we're saying is it's the, con- it's the character of the human uh-huh. It is all us. It is us. It is only us. It didn't, uh-huh. And there is no, we're, if we grew up in a, another person's shoes, we'd be no different than them. Yeah, and, and that should bring humility to us to be grateful for what we have and to listen and to encourage. But the us in this whole story, the humanity, and it is the beauty of humanity is, is a theme that I talk about a lot, is we get to choose in every moment whether we will be unconsciously perpetuating the cycles presented to us through Mm. childhood, society, culture, family, friends, whatever, or we will be the heroes that say the pain stops with me. I don't care if you're gay, black, straight, Asian, I don't care what narrative or what title, what label or what external Mm -hmm. validation that you find in the group (laughs) Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. We all we want to fit in these groups because we feel safe. We kind of like blaze, you know, glaze over, like, but at the end of the day, the love that comes from our heart, the healing story that we all carry that's where hope comes from, you know. I and this is where I say, joke around. I used to say this when I was running ministry. Everyone needs a butt god, <laughs> Butt god, like, exactly. <laughs> I was this butt but god. god. <laughs> and we are missing and truly if you think uh, of i can't think of one celebrity one presented hero in today's media culture where we know their story arc of they were this yeah and now they're this yeah it's all just one thing it's all glossy yeah. it's all they're all muscle or they're yeah. all beauty or they're all body or they're all but where's the story arc
0: yeah where's the oh scene? gosh Oh, you are just talking to my my <laughs> sweetheart right here. This is everything for me, come Lucas. This is
1: on.
0: the transformation story arc is it, it's what I wake up thinking about. It's what I mm. teach, it's what I coach on. It's 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 the foundation for everything here. It's where we will go through your story here. Yeah. It's looking yeah. at it as an arc. And I think that's so fascinating. You look at Taylor Swift, The Rock, whatever, any of these people, and you're like, no, I see them as who they are now. Mm-hmm. And even if I think that I can go back, I'm going back maybe to where I was introduced to them. Right. But you're right. It's this. Yeah. But who who were they? And we're missing act one. We're missing what happened to them. How did they grow up? What kind of a home were they in? How did they feel loved or not loved? And how did that lead them to this life of entertainment or wherever they are to really? And what's the passion that they really show up with? Because we think that they're here to entertain us and that is it. Here we are now entertain us. Like that's it. But of course, there's a deeper passion there, which is where Mm. I start with people, right? So even looking at you and asking now, I'm going to ask you, what do you do? We've talked about all this beautiful stuff. I want to hear what you do because that is the who you are. Yeah. And that then gives us, I think, I think all that it is, we just what you said there, it's not the end point. Mm. That is not the be all and end all of who you are. Right. That's the starting point to say, whoa, how did you get here? Yeah. And that's, that's what I find so fascinating about all of this. And that's, what's possible within every person's story. So, right. Oh gosh. Right. Can we just keep talking? Can we just keep doing this? Um,
1: we certainly can. <laughs> we certainly can brother.
0: What, what um, is it that you do? What, how, how are you showing up? What's the main work that you're bringing to the world now?
1: Bro. So I give a keynote talk. I, I do a lot of things. So, um, and I will qualify that I do a lot and I've had many careers. I've been a TV reporter, brought, I'm a journalist by, by profession early on. Uh, Rammo Ministry, been on staff for churches, uh, had a band in college, toured the uh, Pacific Northwest area, um, but started ad agency. I left the newsroom at the ABC affiliate in Seattle, started a, a creative agency, um, still own it, um, built it up till twelve full-time employees, and then twenty seventeen made a transition to make it a virtual company. Still have that. I'm a management consultant at Microsoft. I've been consulting at Microsoft for five years, a T Mobile corporate, a little bit. But that's and I'm a creative director. I'm a I'm a really right. good storyteller, creative director, manager of creative design storyline. Um, because and I'll, I'll, talk about, so there's hold, another hold, side of what I, oh yeah, go for it. Cause,
0: cause here's the thing. This is what I just want to draw attention here. This is what's so fascinating about that. And this is what I find a lot of people do. And, and I'm kind of in this effort actually to, to find out like, what is it that makes us do that? Is it, um, well, I'll go into it, but what I, you know, I'm like, what do you do now? What's the thing mm-hmm. that you're doing now? And mm-hmm. to be honest, I think what you gave me there was that you're a creative director. Everything else was, this is where I have been. This is what I did do. You even told me about being in abandoned college, but I'm not, I don't, mm. I'm like, my, my question is what do you do now? And so there's this effort that I think that we have that we. it's hard for us even to answer that as mere humans, as mere people who aren't necessarily celebrities. It's hard for us to say like, yeah, this is what I do. Just <laughs> right now, today, well, this here's is what why. I do. Here's
1: why. Right. I give this yeah. keynote talk. Because there's five questions to make a story: who, what, when, where, why. There's a sixth question that a news director told me in my very first assignment um, in the small market in the middle of nowhere, Washington State, said you don't you need to answer the so what because the who, what, when, where, why only matter to you. The so what matters to the audience. So you can uh-huh. talk about a story and never give the so what. No one cares. I was like, okay, valid. People like to throw in how, but how's not necessary to tell a story. How's like the IP. It's like your secret sauce. I don't yeah. give you my how. You gotta like come on the other side yeah, and pay yeah, or for power $22. Or whatever, right? Exactly right. The how. <laughs> um, so how's not necessary to tell a story, but you have to tell who, what, when, or why. When we are building relationship and every single person on planet earth has the same psychological buying process. We buy emotionally and we back it up logically. Mm-hmm. So that's why labels face the aisle and not the ingredients. That's why Color and palette and design is so important when it comes to the commerce of today's society. If you just have dull colors, just uninspired, and inspiration is what leads to a transaction. Yeah. Yeah. So, who, what, when, where only engage the mind. The only question that gauges the heart is the question why, which is akin to purpose. So, what we meet people, we yeah. are conditioned to say what do you do but that's not really what we're trying i don't like actually answering what i do because in yes in this present moment i am a creative director right and but it's also an and because i also podcast host i'm a published author i do coaching with people i also write a lot of music so i bring all that into what i'm trying to do what do i do i express myself as fully as i can in every application of my life that i can
0: well see this is you're so brilliant at this and I can see, you see all of that. You're a great study studier of the human mind and how we work and obviously bringing that into a profession. And I guess my effort with this and, and the, the, it might just be my, my knobby unique style that I bring to this is (laughs) I, I, I'm so, uh, I don't know. I guess it's frustration. I'm so frustrated by seeing so many, let's call it personal brands, people Mm -hmm. saying all these, like this massive explanation, trying to explain what they do when really what they're saying is what they're trying to say is what you just said. Like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a creative entrepreneur. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, you could put a title to it. You could say I'm a creative director and a podcast host and, uh, and a speaker. Mm -hmm. You could just start there and say that and the clarity in that actually is key i think to a lot of people truly like getting that first taste because sometimes people mm-hmm. are like what do you do they actually just want to know what you do yeah yeah and i think at, at least what i do right here i love this cuz you're breaking down like my own process before you even know what it is <laughs> this is so good oh <laughs> uh, cuz where i would have led, led this is what do you do you tell me what you do and I, then i say okay What impact does that make?
1: Mm -hmm. What Mm -hmm.
0: do you see that doing with the people that interact with you, with the products that you're working with? Like What what happens to the people that interact with the work that you create? Mm -hmm. And then that is what's going to help us launch back to then I get to ask my why question because now I actually have something to say why too. You're going to say, wow, I love it when people blank. People feel blank Mm -hmm. after working with me. I'm going to say that's the key right there. Mm-hmm. Where does that begin, and then we'll go back in the story. Love it. What do you I think love about it.
1: that? I love that. I think <laughs> uh, if we all knew that, and I and I have an answer to that, but I mean, just philosophically speaking to that, if humanity, if individuals were able to think through that and articulate themselves more clearly, they'd have a greater impact, which is what you're on a mission to create. So I yes, think that's sir. so important. Yeah, mm. because at the end of the day, this is what I, I share with people we all make an impact. Every single person on this planet is making an impact right now. Mm-hmm. We're either making a more positive or negative impact. We're, we're either inspiring people or uninspiring people. And I, I wrote in my book, inspired people, inspire people, but conversely is true as well. Uninspired people, uninspired people. So you have a whole bunch of people like walking around like, Hey, how you doing? You know, and I'm like, bro, either there's two (laughs) almost went super intense but i want to share this (laughs) there's two ways that we can be to be molded we can be iron or we can be clay both it both take two things to mold those fire and water now if we're going to be iron to mold iron you got to dunk it in fire pull it out and beat the shit out of it yeah Mm -hmm. beat that beat that beat that And then when you've got it to that place of perfection, you put it in water and it sticks. It sticks. Stays, right. Or we can be clay and the water comes first. (laughs) like Just this life massage, you know, flying and meeting and spinning and like, what the heck's going on? But once you got it to that place where it's like, wow, this is perfection. You then put it into the fire Mm -hmm. and then it sticks. And I think what's going on right now, I hope is I'm not trying to tell, any one person that being iron or clay is better you know there's pluses and minuses of both but you can't avoid the water and you can't avoid the fire if you truly want to be who you're destined to become
0: so let's find out about your fire then Hmm. or your water i guess so Hmm. let's let's let me just zone in on this then in all of the roles that you are playing as i just described i'm going to do Like, Mm -hmm. what do you see? What's the biggest hope for you that when somebody comes across your music, your work, your, your speech, your book, your podcast, Mm -hmm. if somebody said, because I, because of Lucas's
1: message, Mm -hmm. I now feel. The love of God. Period. And. I hate religion and I have left Christianity <laughs> and I've studied with some of the most influential Hasidic rabbis in this country for five years, mm-hmm. from my Jewish side. I love people. I mm-hmm. love God. I think God existed well before the written word and God mm-hmm. will exist well after the written word and all our institutions and buildings and lights and cameras and, and harmonies and, and chord progressions and thoughts and everything that's been uttered and will be uttered. God existed prior God existed in and God will exist after the question is not what is the love of God? What does that mean? We have to find what that is because to know love is to reclaim what this word God is. And Mm -hmm. it's also to reclaim what this word love is. We have been so bastardized by a system of pain and trauma telling us what God is, what love is. I love you. Therefore I beat you. I say, Oh yeah. then prove to me you love me as much as I seek to be loved and beat beat me to death Hmm. because at the end of the day, I have grown up. I have been the iron and it wasn't until the past five years that I found the water. Right. I didn't find it in religion. And I've read the Bible seven times, cover to cover, the King James Bible. I didn't miss a morning and night praying on my knees. I fasted from Sunday night to Tuesday morning for five years straight. I have read all Spurgeon's work and Wesley's work and, and Leonard Ravenhill's work and A.W. Tozer's books. And I have read, I can give you a dissertation on the classics. I can tell you about the Jewish safers. And and I earnestly sought it with every freaking fiber of my being to find truth, to find love, to find clarity, to find what is who is god Uh what is this thing and what i've learned is this brother and i share this in my ted talk that i gave where love is present real love truth will come forth Uh resulting in our personal freedom we're not free because truth isn't allowed to be in that presence because we don't know love because everyone wants to judge. You said it, us yeah. versus them, yeah. we, the, me. Even, mm-hmm. even you said white guys are privileged. Like, well, all of a sudden you separated me and like every other darker skinned person. like, bro, mm-hmm. like there's black people living in the ghetto that haven't had been raped. Mm-hmm. You know, so what is the point of talking about the, es- the external yeah. stuff? It's about the internal soul that we all want to like. And you know what's cool, bro? I just have to say one thing and I, oh, I don't want to hijack this. No, I love this. The word neshama in Hebrew is the word for soul. The word soul in Hebrew uh-huh. is national, uh-huh. which also means breath. Yeah. So how do we know if something's true? If we can breathe more deeply, how do we know if something's a lie? If it constricts our breathing, mm-hmm. if it brings fear, if it brings control over it. And I am, so you said, I'm on a mission to do every single encounter. I say the love of God. What I mean is that they be in the, infinite and unconditional presence of love so that they feel safe enough to share their truth and once and for all, finally be free. Gosh, it, that's it. No religion, <laughs> no bending the knee, no saying a prayer, no Romans roadmap. No, if you believe these things, no doctrine of denominational devils. I'm so sick of this and which devil means D E V I L, which is inversion of L I V E D. Evil is the inversion of live. And so all this inverted truths have been presented to us as truths. And mankind is suffering at the helm of lies instead of truth. And what is truth? You can be particular or you can be universal. But what we know truth is, is by the byproduct. Either we are made free or we are kept in sleep. This, I, you know what?
0: <laughs> I just, I had no idea, honestly, that Uh, We would be um, this similar, I guess, in thought and experience, um, at least around this uh, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this place and where our stories uh, collide at this point. Mm -hmm. And there's something really interesting about that, uh, just about this idea of. It's it's love. It's love beyond title. It's, it's yes. love uh, beyond definition. And yet there's something that we know innately within us that draws us to something, um, to this discovery. And I think that is, for that to be this current page of your story. Mm. You know, we get up to this page and we say, you know, dot, dot, dot. And before that is and luke was helping people find love Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like that if that's where we are then you've got to say imagine picking up that book and reading that then you got to go holy crap how Mm -hmm. Ooh, what where did that where did that begin Mm. um and so all of this as you're telling me you know we started out saying like yeah no i just want to break down divisions and then you get into this you're like no no this these are the divisions that i'm talking about these are the the walls that we have built up for mm-hmm. centuries and centuries with institutions mm-hmm. and everything and, and, it, and it's there's this mission not to tear not necessarily to tear stuff down but to build individuals up
1: yes that's a great way to say it yeah
0: and i think that is where you and i meet mm-hmm. uh at least in this, and yeah. and this is all again, it was already a joy. And then you find this solidarity, <laughs> you're like, ooh, that's what I mean. Okay. I find
1: my friends in podcasting I know. <laughs> it's I,
0: so know. <laughs> it I see some awesome. there's a beautiful journey of deconstruction here. There's yeah. some uh there's yeah. some deconstruction through I, I, I deconstructed out of my faith mostly while I was getting my master's in theological studies. So um yeah. it, it is it is the journey and it's all good so it is all good so let's i again i didn't know where this was going to go um <laughs> but now it seems like oh, okay. we've left uh the the shorter part of this podcast to dive in and go through how did you get here which i think is okay again it's not always it's whether it's throwing a curveball at you or what but it's mm-hmm. it's saying you've given us so much about who you are and why you're here Mm -hmm. what your mission is and i think that all that that's done is open up a story loop that that we're asking now okay give us more give us the journey to get here Mm -hmm. instead of just being that celebrity figure that shows us who you are now give us the backstory how in the world do you get to this point where your singular singular mission right now is to help people come more alive to feel that love and experience Mm -hmm. that truly for themselves where does that idea of love begin for you high-achieving entrepreneurs and public speakers, this is for you. You know that you've got something important to do here, but why in the world are you doing it? And even if you know why, how do you talk about that? That's why I'm so excited to invite you into my one-on-one story coaching process. Through this three-month journey, we will go into intensive sessions to uncover your story, turn it into a message that matters, and then create content specific to your context and business today. I have worked with dozens of clients that have experienced major transformation through this experience, and more importantly, have discovered the transformation that they have already gone through in their life. Because when you know how you have transformed, you can communicate that so your audience knows how you can transform them too. Look, 96% of consumers buy based on emotions. And if storytelling is our greatest tool to spark an emotional response, then you better learn to tell your story today. And one-on-one story coaching is the best way to do it. Go to alexstreet.ca to get the conversation started or reach out to me on Instagram at Streetsays and say, I'm interested in
1: one-on-one. Let's talk. Well when so i was severely abused growing up physically sexually uh verbally psychologically spiritually um in fact when i was 17 years old and and someday i'll be able to come out with more of my story Mm -hmm. um for safety reasons i don't share all the story Mm -hmm. um but at 17 years old one night my dad pulls into it i just had about to drop off uh, a girl I was dating we went to Red Robin after a high school football game and I pull into the driveway no cell phones I mean back when I was 17 you know it was like the brick phone you know whatever it was like saved by the bell uh I got a pager when I was 20 that was cool you know exactly (laughs) right and um pull into the driveway and all of a sudden this car comes right behind with its brights on like speeds right up and I'm like what the hell what's going on I look, I'm like, I think that's my dad. Now, I didn't tell anyone who I was with. No one knew. I mean, it was just a random date that I was on on a Friday night after a high school football game. And I get out of my car and I go up. I'm like, and he's like, get home now. And I was like, okay. I was like, uh, and I was embarrassed. And I was like, oh, sorry, um, uh, my dad's here. I got to go. So he didn't say anything to me. I go, I go up upstairs. I go to sleep, and this is like. I'm telling you like one, uh-huh, limit, uh-huh. At a point of my entire life, but i want to talk about this, the spiritual abuse. The next morning I was like, how did he know where I was? I mean, literally I could have been anywhere. I just happened to be in this pull up in the driveway and he pulled up and I said, how'd you know where I was? And he goes, God told me. And I believe him. I really, truly believed uh-huh. him that God told him. Now in yeah. hindsight, the girl is dating, goes to church. It's all connected to this network that I grew up in, in this yeah. insanity. I grew up in insanity. I didn't grow up in just a man that abused me. I grew up in a, with a family that my dad belongs to a greater thing that brought confusion in my life of who he was and what he was. Because on the outside, it, he's revered. People mm-hmm. love him. Charming. Uh, handsome, yeah. Uh, people think he's the greatest guy in the world, but behind closed doors, with not just me but many people, he and I, this is not about him, but this is also about him because he happened to be the man that well, sired me through the womb, and here I am living <laughs> from this. And I want to say it like that because I, I really refer to him as his name, even though I won't say his name. I don't call him dad yeah. because that was not a father. Yeah, um, yeah. But who, I grew who, up
0: who were you? Like there's this shirt, like there's all kinds of moments. Mm-hmm. Who who and there's there's all these uh, I again just you're just touching on it, right? Just saying yeah. this is who I was a severely abused by by mm-hmm. here, 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 and here, and in this way, and in this way, and this way. Mm-hmm. Uh who who were you? Like what did you love? Like were you athletic? Were you artistic? Like who what did you love to <laughs> do what would you do to like either calm your mind to find joy amongst your by yourself with your friends like what was the thing that like Ooh, this is this lights me up this would be my desire
1: well i was definitely a musician i wrote my first song when i was seven years old i can still play it to this day i've written thousands and thousands i did of-
0: too it's just terrible it's pots and pans
1: oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah i um I was a musician. I've always been creative. My mom's an artist. Mm-hmm. My dad's a, mm-hmm. uh, he was a, he's a hall of fame football coach, high school mm-hmm. football coach. And so athletics was a big, everything was athletics and, and never enough and all this stuff. And I'm not right. even in the victim of like, Oh, my dad was like hard on me. I'm talking about real abuse. I'm talking about like, right. Eating some rapings and and horrible stuff and having the, the pressure of keeping a facade and a veneer, of a smile and that everything's okay because if you don't keep the smile and the veneer up, it's only worse. And so people would say like, I got voted best personality in high school, my senior year, the next year I had anorexia and uh, a few years after or a year after that, at the age of 20, I tried to kill myself. So it's like, people are like, well, I didn't know you seem like so happy. and am like, bro yeah. or sis or whoever, you know, like that's how people survive. Yeah. You know, I didn't turn to drugs. I turned to self-hatred. I turned to, wanted to kill myself which religion fed that really easily like oh yeah. die to the flesh you know he's <laughs> whoever yep. will lose his life for my sake in the gospel samuel li- like well i better just die i'm evil like i have you know all this stuff and so who was i i was a sensitive hmm. child in a world where no sensitivity was allowed no crying was allowed i'd be hurt and punished if i cried I'd have to stand, I was telling my, I just had this memory the other day, I'm just going to tell you a real story of my kids and, and there was a moment where my wife and I were frustrated with our our three oldest, we just had a newborn, it was kind of chaos and then send the kids upstairs to calm down and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to bring everyone back down like we need to just talk and I want them to know they're loved and you know the chaos yeah. and the yelling like it, So we had this beautiful moment of reconciliation. I was able to say, like, this is what being a father is, like them going to bed knowing they're loved and safe and free. And I shared this story. I said, I don't even know. I haven't thought of this in 20 years, 25 years. But when I was young, I was forced, when I wasn't hit or worse, I was forced to stand in a corner with my nose in the corner when people came like shaming me i would have to huh. like people would come in our house and i'd have to stand <laughs> and i laugh now because it's so ridiculous yeah. to think about it but just shaming just shaming shaming and i got and i don't use the word spanking more in my ted talk i'm very specific about it's not called spanking is a term that they use to make horses run faster in the 1600s it's so yeah. insane that we say spank a child and then what we're really saying is hit a child because spank a child seems nicer than say hit a child and then yeah um but I'd have to have pull my pants down. I'd have to be naked. I'd have to bend over. It wasn't with a hand, it was with belts and it was with a bullwhip. And it was always shaming, just shame, shame, shame. But then in the public persona, so I'm giving you a real answer. And I don't know if I've ever shared it like this. The real answer is like, I was a sensitive soul wanting to be loved in a house that shamed me for my sensitivity and made me live a hard exterior presentation to the world, which wasn't me. So this,
0: this is it. I, I mean, you, uh, what you're doing here, what you exactly just shared is the piece that people are going to find themselves in mm-hmm. as you say that. Mm-hmm. Have, have, have we, is there, is there anyone listening that has experienced a, a, a morsel of what you experienced? I, I don't know. Is there somebody who's experienced more than you? Maybe. Yeah. But for you to speak of it in that way and say, this is who I was. And I think that's the piece that we we sometimes miss is we go straight to the darkness. We go straight to the pain that because we remember pain. We remember negativity right off the bat pretty easily. Mm. So to draw to this, yeah, but like who who were you as a... As a person, what did you want? We could talk about Harry Potter and the fact that he was abused and he was like locked in this closet mm-hmm. under the stairs mm-hmm. and that's terrible. But, but he, as a person, desperately wanted to belong. Yes. That yeah. was, that's the journey. Yes. And so for you, you're like, I, I knew I needed love. Mm-hmm. I was sensitive and I needed to be loved. I needed to be hugged. I needed to be adored. Mm-hmm. And what I got created a barrier Mm -hmm. from me getting that. Mm -hmm. And that like that, right. So now we're like, Whoa. All right, here we go. Mm -hmm. Now you get into that's why, well, I mean, of course it's traumatic. Of course it's going to, to form and make you think and believe things about yourselves, yourself. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. But it's like this added thing of like, yeah, we know what you want. And now you can't get to it. Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm exactly Uh, um so how that's where you get into okay yeah so Mm -hmm. you're setting the table here for us this is this is who you are and this is the kind of environment that you're in and you have to show up as this hard hard nosed. i can do anything Mm -hmm. i'm the best personality Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm um can you talk to that actually just for a second like what is like the ability to put on a face to to put on an act Mm-hmm. That's not unique to you. That's that's what we all do.
1: Yeah, yeah. I do I talk about it now is that we all all of us, our ego is not me our ego is neutral, I believe, in that when we live in ego in the fear-based perspective, that's where it takes us down a path of trauma and fear and, and cycles that we don't break. But ego also is like how you show up to me and I show up. Like it's yeah. also the container which our soul can experience the world like we are essentially one god breathed in the man and man became a living soul so that breath and the shama within man is all one breath hmm. yet you have your container and i am my container and together we get to remember oh we our source is the same but hey how's your experience going um ooh, ooh, oh so, oh
0: wait that's good so <laughs> shoot. how is your experience going yeah. We are one.
1: What's your experience like? That's it. That, oh. what I, that's everything. What I, yeah, bro. Something just hit. That's why we have to leave these. That's why we have to leave these degrees and doctrines. and th- It's all a lie. We are all one source having different experiences in this. And I, I don't care how new age to the Christian world that sounds. Yeah. It is the truth. We yeah. are all shamas in containers experiencing this mm-hmm. reality and we get to say how's your experience going and listen I love that. oh that's everything
0: so i just love that i just got this picture of like we're on a cruise ship and like you go you go you know you go into your own room and then you come out you're like hey how's your night well how's your night well, the, sh- the rooms look even the same yeah but you had a different experience and that's that that's why me and my wife we've been married 16 years we still go on dates and have stuff to talk about because we're experiencing different things and it's I just yes. think that, it, that is such a beautiful question and way to look at this. Is just, yeah, how's your experience? Yeah. Whew, I like that. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know if you, you know, can notice. <laughs> well,
1: A.W. Tozer has a quote. Oh, we're bringing some he Tozer is. into this. Oh, yeah, brother. But it's <laughs> such a great quote. He said, a man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. And that is, every for me, that is everything, is that my experience, our firsthand experience is the only thing that we know is real everything else is conjecture and passed on through the telephone game it's like well i can accept that conceptually this happened but if i didn't experience it myself i can't with 100% volition say this happened yes. whether i saw the whole context of 360 degrees even my own 1 degree of of experience of that moment i can validate as i know firsthand mm-hmm. no one can ever say that didn't happen only the narcissist says that didn't happen that's why gaslighting is such a effective form when we are don't, if we're not grounded in who we are, and this is why trauma is so effective in making people bifurcate their their realities because it's like, we did that happen? It seems so shadowy, and for a long time I was living in those shadows. Like, what yeah. happened? And so, our experience is everything. So this, so I just yeah. give a context of why I think that's such an important question to ask, but the mask you yeah asked yeah, about yeah, the mask. yeah it was this
0: idea of you get to put on something and then I, and then i'm and then we'll come to kind of a, you know a, a turning point a shift how did you shift but I, mm-hmm. I i think that that's so important just to talk about how easy easy that is to um or even you know how unknowingly we're we're wearing a mask and becoming the best personality
1: yeah the so we all wear masks so i'm saying masks are not necessarily bad however when we believe we are a mask that is the danger because there's no separation. There's no ability to take it off and reveal who we are. Like if I'm gonna go into a with a new client, I'm gonna put a mask on. The mask is, I mean, I'm not not vulnerable, but the mask is I'm expert. This is my yeah. mask that I'm putting on. Yeah. I'm the expert yeah. in this moment, and we're gonna go through this, okay. I'm not like, hey, let me hold you <laughs> you know like that's not appropriate, right? So a mask is not a bad thing. But when we cannot detach from our – when we can't see our identity except through the mask, that is where the pain and trauma comes in. And the narcissist sociopath, which I have much experience, believes they are their mask. Right. So they can never not keep that going. That's right. why I man. That's why a lot of sociopaths and narcissists have manic tendencies because they always have to. It it, it has to stay yeah. going nonstop. Control because your environment. That mask exactly right, so they become control freaks mm-hmm. However, we put masks on to survive. <laughs> hmm. That's what we learn. We learn very early. The teacher, the mask of raising your hand. That's a mask. The mask mm-hmm. of don't speak when you want to speak. The mask of. I will call on you to utter your voice. Now we came into this world screaming like bait, screaming until we got what we wanted. That's the natural course. A human utters their voice until they receive what they want. And then they meet everyone's trauma and all the institutional whatever. And they say, do not utter your voice. Stay silent until we call on you. So most people are still waiting for someone to save them. Religion says, here's the savior spiritually uh philosophy says here's the savior in the institution Mm -hmm. you know whatever the savior is it's always an external people are always seeking it and i'm here to say there is no one coming to save anyone the savior is yourself and it is you detaching from that mask and saying like i help a lot of men i do a lot of men's coaching and i say open your jaw right now just i'm like that Mm -hmm softness to bring softness back into your jaw you don't have mm. to be this like tight jawed i know like let's go like let's mm. just to soften that that helps them for a moment just oh that is a mask i wear yeah it feels better to have a soft jaw i don't yeah. have to be hard i don't have to be the tough guy strong guy whatever yeah guy or gal i
0: um It's so brilliant. It's so good. Well, no, it's it's yeah, of course, you you managed to put on this masks to survive. And I think that's to to, my question was, how are we doing that? How's everyone? How are we doing that so easily? Or again, unknowingly? Um, And and for you, you're saying it's it is this is. What we've been taught. This is what we do. We learn to put on whatever mask we need for whatever situation we're in to survive through that. And we, um, get,
1: we get rewarded from our mask. You yeah, raise your exactly. hand when the teacher says. The teacher says you're a good student. All of a sudden you're like, oh, this is the right mask to yeah. put on. new.
0: Well, I mean, even beyond that, it becomes, it's your personality. And this is, I love the way that the Enneagram frames this is Mm -hmm. that's it's a persona. It's part, part, it is a personality. It's a mask that you put on. I am not a seven, but I show myself as an Enneagram seven. Mm -hmm. That is how I present myself to the world. But Mm -hmm. I am actually all nine parts for the Enneagram nerds out there. I am all nine of these, but I show up wearing the seven mask most of all. Yeah, and, and that yeah. is what we're doing. We we are a whole person, but we have chosen or yeah. being nurtured to choose a certain way to present ourselves because we think that's going to reward us the most. Mm. And so, as you, you know, let's 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 bring this in. Let's let's close this loop. Yes. I guess yeah. you've got this yeah. incredible, incredibly formative. Uh, childhood, teenage years into your young adult years. And then you said something about, you know, it's up until five years ago, Mm -hmm. you, Mm -hmm. you carried a lot of this with you and, and released it. What, you know, what's that turning point? What's that hinge Mm -hmm. moment? What's that climax? Uh, Mm -hmm. Just bring us into, you know, what's the moment there?
1: Yeah. Um, So after I attempted suicide at the age of 20 and did not die that night, literally i never looked back one i never thought before that moment i stopped i closed that door i would tell people i had a born again experience um that i really did was born again in that moment i didn't think back and even when i met my wife i was 20 we got married i was a month before i was 25 she was 22 we got married young um she would ask about my childhood and I would just gloss over it or blaze, you know, just like, kind Mm -hmm. of like the Jedi mind trick. Like these are not the Georgia. It's kind of like, I had a really tough, I say I had a really rough childhood. That's all I'd say. Right. And then, and this happens and it happens to a lot of people. So I want to share this chronologically. Then I become a TV reporter and I move markets and she moves with me. She was a TV also. So we career became like, it was just another achieving thing. It was like, go to this small market and then I go to San Antonio, Texas, and that's a big market. And then we come back to Seattle and this bigger market. And, and it was, I was still trying to do anything I could. And when I was on TV, I got accolades from the family. Sure. So then all of a sudden that was like, well, I got to keep going. And then 2008 happened and they made cutbacks at the TV station. So I had this idea to start um, a company, a creative agency, advertising agency. And I threw everything. And sadly, I had the narcissistic tendencies. I think, well, I did have those tendencies. Uh-huh. And my identity became inseparable from that company and that work. And I remember three years into it, I was starting like this other project. And I called my dad. I'm like, dad, I'm doing this. My dad said, what do you think? You're better than me. And I hung up. and I started bawling because... You, it, to understand, I wish I, I'm not trying to make this bigger than it is, but also like the pain and agony. Like I just, what do you mean? Yeah. Am I better than? What are you talking right. about? Like, I just want you to say, not even say you're proud of me, because that's bullshit too. I just want to feel your humanness and to say mm-hmm. good job or well done. You know, I don't think God says this is a funny thing about the Bible. God, is, there's a story like when that day, you know, you'll hear well done, thou good and faithful yeah. servant it doesn't say I'm proud of you. Yep. (laughs) Who gives a shit about if you're proud of me or not? Like, did I do a good job? I'm not talking about you. It's not about your pride for me. It's, did I do a good job? Mm -hmm. Am I good? Mm -hmm. Can you see me? Am I known? Like, so this is like another point where I'm all of a sudden I'm an employer, even though I was still a kid in a, you know, 36 year old bar, 28 year old by the time, whatever. But, and I just kept going and, First kid, and this is where it gets like very important to understand. Like, I'm my first child, and I didn't know how to act. I didn't know how to be a dad. And my wife would be like, "Don't you want to be home? Like, don't you don't you want to don't you want to be here?" And I'm like, "Uh, and like in my mind, I knew yes, like that's the right thing to do, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know how. Truly, like I was dumb. I'm a very smart. I know I'm very smart, and yet I felt like an absolute invalid dummy i couldn't figure it out so then i just worked more and then we had our second child my body started getting sick and i started going into anaphylactic shock at random times and like i was collapsing i went to the er and ambulance twice and and i couldn't figure it out and then i started drinking like a fish and then I got, I had an emotional affair with one of my employees, and I finally tell my wife, and we had our third baby a month in, and I'm like, I had an inappropriate relationship. Thank God it was never beyond that, but it was enough where I knew I was stuck, and I had just ironically finished the Bible for the seventh time. I never missed a night, and this is like a real important because the Bible, religion, Christianity, it's like I can't describe to you. Like my parents were Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. My dad's is, like, I have 38 first cousins on one side. They're all Catholic, hardcore, like militant. And then on this other side, this evangelical, like prosperity. Yeah. Like, and I'm <laughs> like, ah, oh, what is going on? So like religion is so ingrained in part of my story. So yeah, when I finished reading the Bible and I'm like, I got angry at God. I'm like, fuck you, God. Like I already know all this. I can give you, I know the. I can quote uh-huh. the Bible almost verbatim. I am so sick of it. Like I'm still struggling. I hated myself. I was still suicidal. And then I know that I'm causing this pain with my wife, three kids. And I still hadn't been able to bathe one of them. I'm four year out of four, two and a brand new baby. And I never bathed one of my kids. I couldn't, I couldn't even be around them. I could barely change a diaper. So again, the public face. I'm a published author. I'm a keynote speaker. I'm a creator. I'm one of the fastest growing companies in the state of Washington in my, I'm a husband. My wife is beautiful. I have these beautiful children, but in the silence of my own mind, I was in hell, like true darkness in hell. And so I started going to therapy every single week. I never missed a week, sometimes twice a week for two years. And it was then that I learned, and I had a stigma against therapy. Like, right. In fact, I had a Christian that that. Uh, pastor friend of mine say, Make sure you go to a Christian therapist because those secular therapists will get in your mind. And I'm like, You know, I'm so sick of all this shit. Like, maybe they should get in my mind. Like, I'm so tired mm. of hedging and fear. Like, stop this fear based narrative and rhetoric and all this stuff. And But I say in therapy, this is the very first time, and I want to answer your story, but I can't just get to this end because I got to walk you through, like, well, and yeah. while I'm people through like, yeah, how yeah, I yeah. got to this place, and I could almost cry, like, uh, when I told my wife that I had an inappropriate relationship, I called my parents, like a kid, confessing to them, and I said, you know, I had an inappropriate relationship. That's all I said is I had an inappropriate relationship with, with uh, an employee and my mom's like okay and my dad's like i would never do that to your mother and by the way just in context my mom got the gun out of the house because she was afraid he was going to kill her i had to like sleep with my mom in a bed to keep my to keep her safe one night like my childhood was not just to me it was hell yeah. and chaos okay mm-hmm. so when he says i would never do that to your mother and how he said it and i was in that brokenness all of a sudden i was like it was like seriously star wars when they go into hyperdrive and the stars go huh and I started, I get chills in the back of my head. Like I started having flash, like, I didn't know what they were, but I all of a sudden I was starting, I hung up and I'm bawling. My wife's like, what is going on? And I start losing reality. And I was back first person in the, this abuse. Wow. First person. I had been a third person observer in my whole life. I floated above my body. I can tell you how I looked when I got beat with a bullwhip in the garage. I could, I was floating above my body. I saw, everything as a third person and all of a sudden it was like my mind integrated and went and i was back first person and i started break so i go to therapy and the therapist's like what's going on I'm like i don't know like, i'm really broken and the you're not bad. ready for this bro he was not ready he worked he just retired 30 years he goes dude i've never heard of martin's story i was like sorry man But
0: oh, that's it was good. cool. get he a was plaque the first for that
1: Oh, I I should give him something. Yeah, you. W- I'd never been around a man because men men were not mm-hmm. safe. Mm-hmm. And he was the first man that was gentle and kind mm-hmm. to me and list. You know, even though his therapist and paid, to- sure, he's still a human and he listened and connected and and I learned to be a healthy father. Um, I learned what a healthy father was, and like. Yeah. So I learned to be a healthy father and, um, but I was still kind of in this loop where I was learning how to be healthy. I was learning what health was, how to, but I still couldn't bathe my kids still couldn't be around them. So, um, about a year and a half into therapy, my buddy is a Navy seal and a really hard exterior, hard persona, um, Beautiful, beautiful man, but really hard. And he and I connected on that hardness. Like, I want to, I joke around, like, I want to headbutt you with so much love right now. And he'd be like, <laughs> Yeah. You know? And uh, I want to beat you with love and kindness. No, I just, yeah. uh, but you know, in that ego, he was, you know, we connected on that. But he called me one night and my wife was out of town. My three kids are sleeping and I'm laying on the couch downstairs and still struggling with suicidal tendencies. And I'm laying there and I'm, that's too much of a plow, dude. I still had a desire to kill myself hmm. and I'm laying there wrestling with this. Like, I don't want, I don't want to do that to them. I've already caused enough pain in my wife's life. I've already, I felt like I've caused this wake of destruction wherever I've gone and I've wanted to do right. And I've done wrong. And I don't know. And I'm still struggling. And, and he called me on a Friday night. And he's like, Hey, and I'm like, he sounded different. And, and he invited me. This is how I met Jake Kaufman. He invited me, he told me about this emotional intelligence training that he's at, and he thought about me. And my first thought, I, mean, I tried therapy, I've read the Bible, I've got all religions, everything. And my first thought was, is it a cult? And I'm like, how funny that even in my pain, I still defaulted to hedging and trying to protect, you know, yep. you know and it makes sense. I don't want to get hurt again, but also it's like judgment and kept me from, from truth. Yeah. So I eventually went to this thing. And for the very first time in my life, brother, I mean, I grew up in a big four square church, assemblies of God, I've been in independent Baptist churches, mm-hmm. I've done mm-hmm. it all. I have never in my entire life ever experienced unconditional love like I experienced at this thing. And it wasn't religion, it wasn't a yep. wanting thing for me. They literally, there's nothing, it's not a cult, there's no following, there's, it's just come heal, come utter the most painful things that have ever happened to you and heal And I experienced for the very first time in my life, when I said like, I thought my suicide attempt was a born again experience. I truly had a born again experience because I uttered the one thing that I had never uttered out of my mouth ever one time. And as soon as I did, I could breathe. It was like I had lived underwater my whole life. And all of a sudden sharing this one thing, I could breathe oxygen. And since that time, I understand what I've always been seeking. And that's what I mean, where love is present. There's no judgment. Just say it as ugly as it is. Just bring who you are, the authentic, ugly, beautiful, whatever it is, just bring yourself. Truth will naturally come forth because we have to get the truth out. It has to come out. But when we feel judgment, we want to protect ourselves. So we don't. And once that truth came out of me, my truth, my experience, I grabbed the knife to kill my dad when I was 17 years old, when he was going at my mom, and I broke my heart in that moment. I started bawling my eyes out. And I dropped the kitchen knife. I'm doing the dishes while chaos is happening and putting the dishes away, and I'm like, "I'm sorry, I want to kill you, I want to kill you." And he's like, "Oh," and he walks away and he doesn't say anything to me. And my mom's crying, my brother's crying, and I'm crying. And again, guess what? The next day, just went to school like it was a normal day. Right. Every day in my life was just go to school. The next day, normal day. And I'll wrap this because I don't want to make this much longer. Well. But- well- <laughs> Go for it, brother. Interject.
0: I'm wondering what is so good. It's captivating. Look, this is the thing. It's the No Boring Stories podcast. And you, yeah. by all means, are a anything but a boring storyteller. And you have a captivating story to tell. So I've been yeah, sitting yeah. here captivated. I'm wondering, when you say the the one thing that came out of my mouth, is that something that, that you're open to sharing what that is? was like is that is that a i admitted something or was that a saying like i am loved like no i admitted something i admitted something so what what you only need to say that if it's relevant to the thing i'm just wondering if that was something that is you know what i mean like is that was it like an affirmation or was it a no it was not it was
1: uh when i grabbed that knife i've lived with that for so long like what did that mean am i a killer am i a bad person am i evil Mm -hmm. um And when I started talking about the abuse after the flashbacks, the network that I grew up unaware of that my family was involved in started coming after us. Started Mm -hmm. getting tailed, started getting our phones were tapped. I had an employee get paid to log into my iMessage as me to message my mom who had gone into hiding to come out of hiding like the craziest stuff, bro. And this is what I mean. Like someday it's not safe for me to tell the whole thing, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's a crazy story. It's a real story and it's a crazy story. Um, and so just to give me context, like I was, we were hunted down. It was all, it was scary and it was terrifying. And I thought that I was going to die and I always thought he was going to kill me. Um, and so what I uttered, the guy in the training is like, you know, let it out. What's go back in that most painful memory. And I'm there and you describe yourself. And I'm like, I've no clothes on are you facing them or not facing them? I'm not facing them, you know, turn around and I like shaking, like, you know, look at him and I'm looking at him and my, you know, my eyes are closed, but I'm like picturing them mm-hmm. and i mm-hmm. It's like, what do you want to say? And I'm like, oh my God. I had never yelled ever. I've been like this tim, I'm a big guy. I'm 6'3, 240. Like, I'm not small. And yet yeah. I've played this like small, like timid soul, like nightly, like, oh again. And all of a sudden, this like oh, this volcano erupted out of me. And I'm like, oh my God. And I thought I was done. There's 75 people in the room with me, and we plus these trainers. <laughs> and I thought I was done. Everyone's listening I'm like shit. And he goes, What else do you want to say? Oh. This I knew right away. I knew right away. And I said, I wish I killed you. I mean, I was like, I wish I killed you. <gasps> now, do I wish I killed my father? No, that's a horrible thing. And there was so much pain and trauma and self-hatred and destruction and a wake of mm-hmm, confusion, mm-hmm, just trauma mm-hmm. and like, oh, like in me, that little boy wanted to stop all this stuff. And for the, and I don't mind sharing this now because I shared this with my mom after all this stuff. And it got back to my dad. I was like, what kind of evil person wants to kill their father again? Like trying to shame me to everyone. like, well, the one that yeah. got raped and molested mm-hmm. and masturbated on all this shit like that, ah, that's the one. That's the one man. So yeah. I share this story, not to make it too intense. I don't share the story to make it about me. And I don't share the story to demonize or, or project on mm-hmm. you know, my dad is a hurting person that was hurt by someone else and he perpetuated the cycle. My right. mom was a hurting person that was hurt by someone else. She perpetuated the cycle, hurt people, truly do hurt people. And this is what I was saying at the beginning, no one's coming to save us. Yeah. We all get the opportunity to be the hero of our own story. Some miss that opportunity and some get to take that opportunity. And you're talking about the hero's journey and the story arc of the hero. Yeah. The hero's journey is fulfilled when we can truly look in the mirror and say, the pain stops with me. Mm-hmm. Nothing no trauma, no lineage, no generational curse, no trauma bonds, no imprints, no narrative, no doctrine, no dogma, nothing will pass from me to another, not to my friends, not to my wife, not to my children, not to anyone. And that is what I'm on a mission truly to help people experience like, gosh, true freedom that no one looks at me they can only see themselves and they see themselves as the hero of their own story and we stop protecting families stop protecting our parents of the best who gives a shit if we're hurt we're hurt you don't tell a a child that fell on the knee well wasn't the concrete's fault that tore your knee up or you know it's like yeah that's irrelevant to the story i'm bleeding i'm hurting like
0: i need to heal well and this is this is the I I love it and and to to frame it again a little bit differently here as as we kind of as we're landing the plane here is to see this (laughs) as um, yeah there's this definition of who I am and then something gets in the way uh, of me reaching that desired picture that I had whether you were a four-year-old or a 14-year-old or 24 years something and something gets in the way and I think what you're calling out here is that we 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 can and do so easily blame that thing then call it concrete, call it a father, call it whatever. And we're like, this is what has held me back in life. And therefore I'm going to, because this is all that I know, I guess I have to keep that going because who am I otherwise? Mm. I don't know who I am because that identity was left back in childhood and I've never actually discovered it. So it's, it is a a terrifying thing to release that, that blame, that story, that barrier Because yeah. it means this born again, holy shit, I'm in front of seventy-five people yelling that I wish I killed my dad. It's this terrifying moment where you are laid bare and yeah. now get to now we feel like and now I have to figure this out. But of course it's a now I get to yeah. oh, figure yeah. out who I am yeah. with all of this. Yeah. That is the heroic decision. That is what allows you to stand up. That is why you know, I'm now realizing in your uh, form, you know, when you booked the, for the podcast, you wrote your favorite movies are Rocky and Braveheart. <laughs> like this <laughs> yeah. it's the individual yeah. stepping yeah. up to a bigger call and yeah. saying, I'm not going to let the story that has been painted on me continue yeah. anymore. Yeah. I'm going to stand up for something bigger. That's it. And for you, coming from shame and showing up in love, you have painted a descriptive a a phenomenal uh an engaging captivating and most of all real life Mm. story for us of you this human that has a wildly different experience than i have Mm -hmm. in this same breath that we share Mm. and for that my friend Mm. i am incredibly grateful for your time, for your openness, for your honesty, for your vulnerability, for how this story is going to inspire so many more, um, that know that they're trapped in something and they have been living in some story to break out of that, be their yeah. own hero and spread that love more and more beginning with themselves. This is good stuff. Woo. <laughs> Thank okay, you, so thank so people you. are gonna wanna connect with you, obviously, to 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 throw money at you, buy your stuff, I don't know, hire you. What's the best way to get a conversation started or, or just even to say thank you? Where should they find oh, you?
1: Yeah, and well, thank you would be sufficient. Um, or nothing at all. I mean, you don't know what else <laughs> to respond. To, but, I mean, they, they better they, say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh man. I just but if you want um Instagram, I have I put a lot of content, my majority of content is on Instagram. And then my website, you know, that's a good way to connect with me. And then I host a podcast that I share this. I share what I I have guests on, and we talk about all sorts of stuff, wild ideas of mm-hmm. everything. Um, but then I'll share my story. You know, like I did a podcast the other day, does, does God know you? Most people are so focused on, do I know God, but does God know you? And that's an mm. interesting concept. And, and it's not a religious, it's not even really spiritual. I don't even know. There's no bucket to it. It's just <laughs> me sharing, uh, my experience. So yeah. Website, Instagram.
0: Excellent. Excellent. I love it. Well, obviously, uh, you're just so easy to talk to and, and, uh, and thank you even for, you know, for reflecting back and listening uh, well to my un unscripted thoughts here. Um, it's what makes this beautiful. And I'm so thankful for what we created here uh, together. So, mm. uh, yeah, truly thankful for you. Thank you, brother. Thanks for listening. This has been No Boring Stories. I am Alex Street and we are just getting started. I'd love to know what you thought of this conversation, so please feel free to reach out to me on my website, on Instagram, and share your thoughts. In the meantime, honor this conversation, go out in your life, and tell a better story today. We'll see you next time.